Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I'm Michelle Maros, your co-host, and I'm here with the very smiley and happy, peaceful Barb, my mom. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? I am smiley and happy today. Good. You are smiley and happy, which yeah. is so nice because I know the past couple episodes have been a little heavy, yeah, a little sad. Talking about grief is not always the easiest or most uplifting but necessary. But so necessary because it's, yeah. it's life. It's good that we always, people are always commenting and thank you so much for doing this. All of you listeners always telling us that we're really talking about the hard things that we have to do in life. And so I think um, I appreciate that because I love talking about the hard things, but I also like talking about the, you know, the things that um, aren't necessarily so difficult to talk about. Um, but that are also impactful in our lives. So I think that's what we have in store for people today. She does it all. She runs the gamut. We do. Happy, sad. We do. Everything in between. All of the things that this unpredictable life can send us. Exactly. Yeah. So, so how's everything going? Good. Everything is going well. How are well. you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I'm excited about our conversation today. Me too. We were thinking about what we wanted to dive into in this episode, knowing that, like I said... We've had a couple heavy episodes and and what really would be up for people right now um, in this moment in time and and what's up for us as always. And we talk about this a lot. You, you all have heard us. I've said, you know, um, the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important relationship you can have in life and all of the things that you do. It's really your foundation. So I think it is up for a lot of people. And I've been really looking at my own relationship with myself. Uh, so I think it's really so that good, is the topic. Well, <laughs> a little bit deeper and more than she that. Always, I always spill the beans right she away. Does. She can't contain her excitement. No. But you know, interestingly enough, there's so much emphasis and energy placed on how to cultivate and manage relationships with other people. How to be a good friend. We've talked about friendships. How to be a good partner, romantic relationships. How to be a good family member. All of those things, which of course are important. Relationships are so much of our lives. But um, I don't feel like there's always that much of the conversation about really how to cultivate a relationship with yourself. And what does that even mean? Like we've talked about it in other episodes of having that strong relationship with yourself. But I could say that to you and you could in your mind be like, okay, yeah, but what does that really mean when you actually digest it and try to understand how that plays out in your life? And and if you, I just want to interject, if you had said that to me, if someone, if a teacher or anyone would have said that to me, I don't know, 30, 40, 
20, 30, 35, 40, 50 30, years ago, 20, <laughs> you know, a long time ago, I wouldn't have had a clue what you were talking about. So I think it's really important. That's why I'm so, I'm so loving our conversation today because I feel like it's going to be really, really beneficial and helpful. It is because I can think back to moments in my life where I was so outwardly focused on the other stuff, the other relationships, the other aspects of life, the material, the jobs, the everything else. And it's all very difficult to feel complete if you're always seeking that external without having some sort of connection within. And I would go so far to say that you start to make interesting choices when you're not connected that can lead to us feeling stressed and anxious and feeling regretful or uncertain. And I definitely experienced that. I know in our past episodes, we talked about how I used to be really indecisive and I made a lot of choices based on other people and relationships. And while obviously I'm grateful for every chapter in my life, that's taught me a lot about who I am and what I want, which is the whole point. I made decisions for other people. And that made me feel deep down a lot of uncomfortable feelings. And again, everything happens in my life, I think, for a reason thus far. I've learned a lot. But it's interesting to me to think about if I'd connected a little bit sooner, what what choices would I have actually made? And I just think this episode, I would love for us to get into what does it look like to cultivate that relationship with yourself? How does it play out in our lives? What can it do for us? How can it make us feel? And how can it help us move closer to our quote unquote dream life or goals or wishes or deepest desires? <laughs> I th- yeah, well, that's a lot. I think I, I think I'd like to just um, I'd like to set the foundation or maybe the premise or or back up a second for. When I first started, uh, when I went into treatment, you all know that I was in, in treatment for bulimia in 1984. So when I went into treatment, I got to, for the first time, actually sit down in therapy and had therapists talk to me about, you know, um, connecting with yourself or what do you like, what do you love or what matters to you, all those things. And I thought, I don't have a clue. I just, because what you said, Michelle, is so true. We're so outwardly focused. And so when I got out of treatment, I started exploring all of this and really developing my own uh, my own experiences of what all of this looks like to actually be living my life, as we always say, from the inside out, not at the mercy of the outside world. And I remembered listening to a teacher once who was talking about the outside world being an illusion. Like everything out there is an illusion. What's real is on the inside. And well, you know, I was trying to wrap my head around that. I didn't even understand that. So my first introduction to like a relationship with yourself was was saying that everything out there is not real, basically, but everything within is real. So that, as I explored that, that didn't really land right for me. It didn't feel right because let's face it, I was in the working world. I was all the things living in the outside world. So in my mind, it was real. So I'd like to set the premise for this for everyone with my own experiences. And, and maybe this is true for you too, Michelle, as you, as you hear it, that yes, the outer world is real. But there is also a whole world inside of you that is real. 
So we're not trying to invalidate or negate that there's an outer world out there and we don't need to, you know, we don't need to participate or be a, be a, pay attention to it, but that the inner world is just as real. And so that really changed my whole thought process of, oh, okay, I get that. So instead of being driven by everything in society and people and other things of people that don't even know where I'm trying to go, but I'm asking everyone else in the world for advice to something that I um, that I truly know for myself or want to experience myself. So that helped me a lot. I just want to say that. So let's begin this. I think this conversation maybe for all of you as we look at developing and cultivating that relationship with ourselves is actually by starting to validate um, that there is an inner world. There's a, there's a world inside of all of us. And what is that? Can you go a little bit deeper? Like what is that? That's very <laughs> esoteric, I think, okay. the inner world. Yes. Um, so what does that mean or what does that look like to you or how does that feel um, for you? So for me, the inner world is that there are two voices in our in our being. There's the voice in the head. There's the We've talked about the 70,000 thoughts we think every single day and the chatter that happens in the head. So there's a voice in the head that's always saying, you're not pretty enough or go do this or go do that. And this is how you're going to be successful. And this is what you need to do. But then there's also a voice in the heart. There is also that voice within that is saying, Barb, take a deep breath here, connect within and or connect with that knowing or connect with that place within that knows what it is you, what, what choice you need to make in this moment or what you're feeling. So connecting to the body, I would say, I would say having this inner connection to your body um, and so I think if you ask me what would be the first idea or step in that, it would be like paying attention to your intuition. Well, two things, I think when you talk about the two voices, what I hear you saying is there's a voice inside our minds, like you said, inside of us that thinks all of those thoughts that oftentimes is a little more critical and harsh and maybe comparative and judgmental. And then there's that inner voice of the heart that's that's the truth that's gentle and loving and aligned with who you really are and tapping into then the second piece of intuition that is your intuition and we hear people say follow your intuition listen to your intuition follow your gut instincts and some people I don't even think really know what that is or even how to tap into that but when you can stop and sit and be in silence and listen, that's where you can hear and get clear on what's actually right for you. Yes. Well said. <laughs> I, yes, exactly. Well said. I think, you know, I used to think that there were intuitive people and they're not intuitive people. And I'm one of those people that's not intuitive. And that's just not true. We and I used cultivate. to think that way. Yeah. I was like, I am not intuitive. And you are the most intuitive person that I know. You are well, so all connected. Intuitive. Yeah, exactly. Because you've cultivated the belief. We love to reframe and redefine. Yes. So I would love for us to redefine what intuitive means, what tapping into your intuition even means. Because I think it feels so mystical and magical and a little bit woo-woo. And that's fine if you want to have that kind of relationship with it. But I also want people who are not as spiritually minded to know that you can have an intuition and feel intuitive in a very grounded way. Yeah, because I don't think intuition is spiritual. That's I know, just, but it's and, often and so it talked just, about it in is. the spiritual realm of 
Exactly. Very mystical things. Yes. So for me, as I have developed my intuition over the years, for me, intuition is, is we are in every moment, we are given a hit in the body of what needs to happen next on the grandest scale of death, or when I talked about losing Ellie in the last episode of grief, I got a hit in the middle of the night. Uh, She was coughing a lot. And I got a hit in the middle of the night. In my gut, I got this deep sinking feeling. I got a hit that said, Barb, it's time. Like the voice, the whispers of my heart. And and that's the thing that's a little bit tricky because the heart whispers. It's not screaming like the mind is. The mind is saying, oh, she's fine. Look at, she's still happy. She's still eating. But my heart was saying, it's time. Mm. And so I've got goosebumps now saying that. So what what intuition is for me is to listen more closely to the whispers of the heart when you get that hit or when you get the pit of the stomach of someone asks you to do something and you're first. We get the body tells us immediately what we should do. When your first inclination, if someone asks you to do something, when your first inclination is you get this heaviness in your stomach, which is where I get mine, I know. The answer is no. It's not going to feel in alignment from you. It's not going to feel right in this moment. Or So that's why I'll often say if it's not a hell no, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, no, I could, I could never do that. Um, I might still get back to you, which we've talked about before. So I think in developing for me intuition is listening to the whispers of the heart, which is inside the body. The heart is inside the body. So training yourself to pay attention in every moment that something happens. So before the mind can grab your attention and then you're done, usually it takes another episode or another, another iteration of whatever happened in order to get your attention again. But if you can practice paying more attention to the body and what's happening inside of your body and your heart or your shoulders, you know, when someone seems to be driving you crazy or is a, there's a, there's a reason that's called a pain in the neck. This person is a pain in the neck because you start, you literally are feeling pains in the neck, but we override that and we go straight to the mind and the mind will talk you out of what you know to be true almost every single time. Well, and what's interesting listening to you say all that is the biggest piece of that that stuck with me just now is the heart and the inner voice is a whisper and obviously our minds are always screaming at us. So, of course, it's so much easier to listen to the mind, sorry, Um, than it is to be, to sit and to try and be still and to be in silence and to not push through maybe some of the uncomfortable feelings or whatever is going up for, going on for us to listen to what's being said to us in the whisper, which is why I think actually now that I'm saying this right now, a lot of us feel like we don't have that intuitive hit or the intuition because we're so on autopilot to just push right through. But it's accessed when you stop and you listen and you sit and are in that uncomfortable silence sometimes. We're not trained to do that. And but I that's think where you access it and that's exactly. how a lot of us miss it because we yes. keep pushing through to the next or just listen to the screams of the mind or don't want to stop because we're afraid of what might come up if we do. And then a lot of us are afraid of what might come up when the intuition says, you know, maybe this, it, I mean, perfect example for me is that I know we talked in a last episode about me trying to make a decision on where to move after college um, with a boyfriend situation. 
And looking back on that, my intuition was telling me not to do it. And that's why it was such a battle, because I could hear a little bit that inner voice of like, it's not it. And I knew it wasn't it. But my mind battled back and said, oh, but like you can make it what you want. You just get there. You can change him. You can change the situation. If you move there, then you can create this, you know, writing all of the stories of what it could be or my idealized version of what this not great relationship could have been. But I did have the intuition back then, even though I would have, if you would ask me in the moment, what are you, what's being told? I just really chose to ignore it because I didn't want to believe it. And I think that too is the biggest Mm -hmm. piece. A lot of us who say, I don't have it or I don't hear it. Not necessarily the the case. Sometimes we just don't want to hear it because what it's telling us might not be exactly what we want to hear, even if we know it to be true. Like with a relationship, like with this romantic relationship, intuitively speaking, if I had listened to what my intuition was saying to me, that relationship probably would have lasted two months and not almost six years, which is just, and again, it is what it is. That's my past and I've learned a lot, but it's just really for me being able to look back and learn so much so that maybe in my next whatever, I don't have to take six years to learn that lesson or whatever it might be. It's just interesting for me to look back on it and to, I'm sorry, no, no I'm no, going no, on no, like it's a, true. No, but, and, and to also recognize that that intuitive hit was there Yeah, and to, and to pinpoint it so that I know and can remind myself again, like with everything else, it's a muscle. That muscle was trying to, work in that moment, but I chose to ignore it. And I think your story is a perfect one at this place in this episode, because that's why self-compassion, and I would like to add something to what you just said, you chose to ignore it. And I would also like to say that sometimes we're not ready to hear it. So we really need to have some discernment and some self-compassion because sometimes I'm sure I probably got that hit about Ellie long before I got it a couple of weeks ago because now that Ellie has since passed, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, oh my my gosh, we, we could see this coming weeks ago. We could see this coming months ago. We could see this coming. And so not that what other people are saying is the be all and the end all of it. What I'm trying to say is sometimes sometimes we need more time. And that's why I love the Maya Angelou quote. And that's the human experience. Of course. Too. Exactly. So sometimes we're being protected. Sometimes we're being led and guided. You know, I like to think of that whispers of the heart as the inner guide. It's our inner knowing. And sometimes we know, but we're not ready to take the the step in the in the um not ready to take that step in the knowing. And so until we're ready, and when we're ready, then we know. That's why I love that Maya Angelou quote, when we know better, we do better. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden when we know something, we're going to automatically do better. No, I I read her message as once we actually know better and know that it feels right for us in that moment, then we make the steps and take the steps that will help us get to where it is we're trying to go. So I want to just say that make sure that everyone listening, that you truly have deep compassion for yourself because in this instance, Michelle, that you're talking about with this relationship, you really beat yourself up a lot. I remember you saying to me, we were on a retreat. We were sitting in the bedroom on a retreat at night after dinner before we went to bed. 
and you're crying and you said, mom, why did it take me so long? Am I ever going to get over this? Why did it take me so long to realize what was happening? And I remember saying to you, honey, you know what? It takes what it takes when you, because that's just the way life unfolds. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it, it takes a short time. And so I always love this quote. I am, I am, quote I really, we will I love do an episode about some quotes. of our favorite quotes. That's I always love this has helped me tremendously. I love this quote and it's taken from the Eastern Orthodox face, Eastern, Eastern Orthodox faith, you know, that says, and I'm paraphrasing that it can take a short amount of time for information to get into the head. Like we can get it immediately into the head. But it can sometimes take a lifetime to get from the head to the heart. And so as we start developing this ability to connect within, to listen to the body, to listen to the whispers of the heart, to when we're, when we're in, the, in the fork of the road, let's say, or we're at the crossroads of a decision that we have to make. So if we could tune into the body first before the mind, it'll, it'll guide us to where it is we're trying to go. And I think that's what is meant by listening to the heart, which is not easy and it can take a while. So compassion and knowing that we were never taught this and we were never trained in how to listen to the heart and the body um, instead of only listening to the voice and the mind. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Yeah, and I think that's that's too why we wanted to approach this episode in the vein of becoming your own best friend cultivating that relationship with yourself because when you think about some of your really closest relationships and friendships you do have that compassion for the people that you love you do have that understanding you do have that oh you didn't know it's okay yeah if someone came to you with a problem you would be open-hearted and accepting most of the time I would imagine and forgiving but it's so much harder for us to flip it back at ourselves we're so we're our own harshest critics we're so quick to never forgive ourselves for the things that we've done years ago and holding on to the regrets hold on to the regrets 
And oftentimes we rewrite our own stories to forget why we did some of the things that we did with our relationship too. I can mentally and emotionally know everything like I just said and recounted with that relationship. But when I take myself back and go into that mindset that I was in, even though I was getting all those hits, it was what had to happen. Yeah. You were doing the best that you could in the moment. Again, with a lot of other circumstances at play. But, and so none of this is meant to be harsh and judgmental of yourself. But I think life starts to get a little less gritty when you have that relationship with yourself. I feel better making decisions about anything now that I feel more connected with who I am and what I want and where I want to go. And it's that tiny piece that's so subtle, but it, it really starts to impact every aspect of your life. And again, life is a journey. We're not always perfect. We're never perfect, but we're not always going to be act in alignment with everything. But maybe if I'm not as hard on myself for making a mistake, you know, and we're going to talk about this in other episodes. I've made a ton of mistakes in my life. A lot of big ones in the past couple of years that have really been difficult to get through. But I realized in that moment, I can either beat myself up to a degree of of doubling down and, you know, keeping me stuck in a spiral forever, or I can forgive myself and have some compassion. And it's that subtlety of, of not doubling down on myself that made all the difference. And I like to look at mistakes as information. Of course. But I'm just saying it's what I was just going to say though, when you, are you your best, best friend or your biggest enemy? Exactly. And so often we're our own biggest enemy. We have, we cultivate these amazing relationships around us, or we try to. We often say we want the best partner, the best friend, the best family, and we spend so much time bringing the quote-unquote best around us, but then we're our own worst enemy, and it kind of cancels all of it out, and we have to meet ourselves and meet the people in our lives halfway, and that's kind of, to me, the epitome of doing the work. It's not even about anything else external. It's about what do I need to do to support myself so that I can show up to the life that I'm meant to be living or that I even want to live. I, I agree completely. And I think as I, I, I love to reframe definitions of reframe words and, and redefine words actually. And so I like to think of a mistake as information. So if we think that we've made a mistake, so it, the, how you how you tell yourself what something is is how you will treat yourself, I think, because we become what we think. And so if we can start exactly what you're saying, Michelle, if we can start treating ourselves like we would our best friends, our dearest family members, then if then we will start to realize that, wow, I'm not going to beat myself any up anymore about making, quote, these mistakes because it was information, because it's information that has shown me what I don't want to do next time. Of course. What actions and what things I won't do next time or how I want to change this particular part in my life because we are the only ones that can change our own lives. We are the only ones that can change our own behaviors and we have absolutely no control over anyone or anything in the outside world. We can only change our own actions and reactions to what happens in life. So I love what you just said. Um, because it really sets up this whole framework of how can we truly start to love 
and trust and accept ourselves completely. And that doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. When I say trust myself completely, if I'm going to make a decision, I have to trust myself. If I'm actually going to step into the world taking the action on that decision. Now, maybe it wasn't the right decision at the time, and I will learn whatever it is that I need to learn from that. But if I don't trust myself and like myself and accept who I am, the chances of any action that I take being successful or or leading to my happiness or my joy is just slimmer if I'm not feeling confident, which we talked about in, in an earlier episode, or if I'm not feeling comfortable in my own skin to make this choice or to take this action. So I think that's one layer of, you know, developing this friendship, this best friend, because you are with you all the way to the end of life. There is no one that you are with all the way to the end. Yeah. So having And that- I know we've talked about that in the past of we are the only ones who are inside of our minds and inside of our life experience and walking 24/7. in our own shoes. We're the only ones walking in our own shoes. And so why in the world would I ask someone out there what I should do? Right. And I think that brings that quote that you say a lot. Um, can you live your li- Can you live your whole life never having met the person who is living it? Can you say it again? It's, I know. It's really deep. When it's, I first I heard think it, sitting it, it with made it me is, cry. It is because it's the epitome of everything we're talking about in this episode. Could you live your whole life? never having truly met the person who is living it. And so I think it's really deep and really profound, and it made me cry the first time I heard it on this um, retreat that I was on with the former uh, Trappist monk, James Finley. Your favorite teacher. One, one of, of my, your favorite One of my teachers. most favorite teachers. And, you know, it, it struck me so deeply. I said I started to cry because I, I started to cry because I thought, wow, that could happen because I'm not sure that I've actually really met the person who's living my life. Because I was early in my sobri- my um, sobriety, my recovery, and I was early in my living, my pra- my path and my practice. And I thought, wow. And I remember feeling so excited but concerned. Like, no, I don't want to waste this one wild and precious life that Mary Oliver talks about in her poetry. Not having met the Barb who's living it. Wow, no, I want to. I'm getting such goosebumps talking about this with all of you. Like, I want to meet that person. I want to love and trust and accept that person completely. I want to be her best friend. I want to be her biggest ally, her biggest advocate, her biggest supporter. Because that's the kind of friend I want to show up in life for my friends and my family. I want to be that person. And so I want to be that person for myself too. And so I think that quote from James Finley really shook me up and really helped me open my eyes to start to discover how can I actually do that. Of course, and it is the epitome of everything that we're talking about today. And just thinking about how easy it is to go through life without cultivating that connection and not ever really knowing who's living it. It's so easy to get caught up in the autopilot of of life and of what society expects for us. You know, you do this and then you go to this and then you go on to this and then you do this and you tick all of the boxes and then... And their timeline, society's on timeline. society's timeline and then, you know, at the end you're done. Without any bit of personality or uniqueness involved. 
and we've said this a lot in other episodes, is we're all here for a unique purpose. We have unique lives. We have unique timelines. We have unique paths with circumstances, people, places, resources. Everyone is so different. And if you don't place some sort of priority or take the time to, like you said, get to know the person living this unique life, then it's it's sad to me because it's like you're missing out on the most meaningful relationship you could have. And I, I'm just hesitating to say anything that's too overarching of like, oh, that'll be the biggest regret of your life or anything like that. But it's sad to me to think that I could live my whole life and not know who I really am. Yeah. And I would never want to feel that regret of placing so much importance on everything else externally with people and not really feeling that connection with myself. And I think it's not, it's, it's so profound and, and it really, the steps to starting to form and forge and cultivate that relationship with, with yourself are not as difficult as it might seem. Um, and I think starting with the fact that you matter and I think understanding that like who you are, I mean, who you are matters, like you're an extraordinary human being. And some of that kind of talk is hard for people to wrap their heads around in the beginning, but just understanding that you and your life matters. And so if I think your life matters and I don't even know you, but I am such a lover of humans and human beings and she loves the people. So I love like your life matters. You matter. And I want everyone to find that sense of, of that you matter so that we can give more to this, um, beautiful world that we're all supposed to build together. So I think let's walk them through a little bit, Michelle, a little bit of a, um, of a way that you can begin to cultivate this beautiful friendship with yourself. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to talk a little bit about our own personal examples. Mm -hmm. Um, of how we've gotten to cultivate this relationship with ourselves. I personally have to have silent time to sit with myself and connect. So for me, that's meditation daily. And I also journal daily. And I find that the silence that I can cultivate in my meditation allows me to connect. It's like plugging myself into myself. Like I would charge a phone overnight. My meditation practice is like charging into myself. And then the journaling practice for me is tapping into my thoughts unfiltered to see what's going on for me, to see what's up for me, to see perhaps a deep desire that I have that I've been pushing away. Um, You know, I bet you if I went back into some of my journals of the past, I can see some intuitive hits coming through about relationships and decisions and things like that. So those are my two practices that I do to maintain the connection. What are yours? Well, so, and I think where I started forming my relationship with myself and what, what was my practice definitely is meditation. And so when we say meditation, we mean just Finding time, even if it's just for a couple of minutes, to sit in quiet with yourself and just try to begin bringing your attention inward and listening to the voice within 
those whispers of the heart uh, instead of instead of pay, bringing your attention and paying attention to the thoughts in the mind, just gently for a couple minutes, bringing your attention within your body and into the whispers of the heart. So I start with that practice. And it doesn't have to be owners, doesn't have to be for long periods of time. It literally can just be for a couple of minutes. And then when I really um, thought about what do, how do I start, what do I want to, how do I start to listen to those whispers of the heart? I started asking myself four questions. Asking yourself the questions. Yes. And so you sit in that quiet, just give yourself, just start breathing and bring your attention to your breath and bring your attention inward and letting the mind do its thing, not trying to stop yourself from thinking, but not paying attention to the thinking, not talking to the thinking, not answering those thoughts back and just really making the effort to keep your attention within on on the beating of your heart or on the breath, yeah. on the in through the nose and out through the nose and feeling the chest, you know, rise on the inhale and, and come back to the body on the exhale, just starting to come within. And then asking yourself, I asked myself these four questions for a really long time. Yeah. And these questions, when you're indecisive, when you don't think you know what to do or what you want, when you're not feeling like you know who you are, these have always helped me. I know they've helped you. They're so, so meaningful and informational. And so in that space that you just walked us through, if you have a journal or just sitting in meditation, you can ask yourself, who am I? And I think that idea of who am I, what happened, and I just want to give people a little bit, what happened for me and who am I? I got past the surface level in the mind that said I'm a mother I'm a teacher, I'm a um, uh, whatever it is out there in the outside world. And you start, when you're listening to the whispers of the heart, why this is so vital and why it's so, why it's so important and so cool, actually, it's so amazing, is that you start to really tap into who you are deep within. Who am I as kindness? Or who am I as compassion? Or who am I as love? And so when you can see yourself as love, you can see yourself as beauty. You can see yourself as compassion. That's Those are the gateway words to loving yourself and trusting yourself and accepting yourself completely. So that's what opened the door for me when I got past the labels of being a mother or a wife or whatever it is and got into I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, I'm beauty, I'm love, I'm creativity, I'm compassion. And sitting with yourself long enough to get past that surface layer of external descriptors. And by long enough, I want to interject here, by long enough, you mean it a couple minutes every day for maybe a week, a month, two months, a year. It can take a little while to get the, the stillness and to train yourself to listen within. It doesn't necessarily happen in the first time sitting, and you don't have to sit for hours and hours until you get the answer of who I am. Well, then, of course, too, life is not stagnant, so right. it's going to change and not being so don't have such a tight grip on what comes up. Right. So sit with yourself and ask yourself, who am I? And it could be just sitting and repeating, who am I? Who am I? Right. And, and remembering to do that consistently every day for a while until you, until you actually, you'll feel like, oh, I just heard the whisper inside. Because I'll tell you, when I first heard the whisper inside that I was kindness, that's the first thing that came up for me. I was like, oh, I always think other people are kind. Wow, your kindness too, Barb. Sure and are. so it opens the door, I think, to all the other ones. But I think being patient and loving and compassionate and caring with yourself to just sit every day for a couple of minutes knowing, knowing 
that you will hear the answer. So it's the consistency that we talked about in one of the other episodes. It's the consistency of every day, training yourself to this, um, this inner um, practice of asking yourself who you are and not the length of time and expecting a result in that instant or tomorrow. Could happen, but be patient. Yeah, it's, it's like we said, the mind is going to want to scream some things, but the heart whispers. And so. And what the mind screamed to me in the early days was, this is such a waste of time. <laughs> this is not going to work. This is such a waste of time. But my that inner, no, but, but I was, I was determined. But you had the desire. I have the deep desire to know myself. And that's and the to first piece. Myself. Having the desire yes. to make this a priority. Yes. So who am I? Mm-hmm. Question one. And that's, of course, I mean, that's the biggest it question the of it question all. question of life. So obviously it's not trying to just bypass through it, but number one, who am I? Number two, what do I really want? And I always add several <laughs> more reallys after that. What do I like, really, what do really, I really, 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 want? really want? And just listen, what do I really, really want? And that was a big one for me. This always is a big one for me. And just but, listening and accepting what your heart tells you. And not having any judgment for right. what, because this is a practice for you. So if weird things come up, let it come up. Yeah. You can analyze it later, but just let it come out. It's got to come out. Yeah. Beautifully said. Do with the information what you will, but let it come up and out. Without judgment. I love this. Without, without judgment, without even understanding it at first. Just, I like the fact that you journal. Cause just write it down and just let it, let it come in and go out. And then maybe later you'll look back on it or maybe it'll come up in another form in another time, but really just being okay with just allowing whatever is whispering inside of you to come out. Yep. And you'll, you might be surprised yeah. too. Yeah. I love pleasant surprises. Yeah. Question number three, what matters to me? What matters most to me? Like we rarely ask ourselves that. Sometimes we think about it in hindsight. If something tragic happens, we think, oh my gosh, that really mattered to me. I wish I had made that phone call or I wish I had done X, Y, or Z. So just really knowing up front, like what matters most to me? And then when am I, where? so when you know what matters to you, you start to then prioritize the time that you're spending during your day. Am I spending most of my time on things that matter or am I frittering my time away on things that really don't matter to me at all? It's because society or someone else has told me that I need to do this or that I have to do this because I can't say no. Frittering my time away just made me laugh, but <laughs> It's true. And thinking about the societal expectations, the family responsibilities, the timelines that were placed on ticking all the boxes, it's easy to get so caught up in all of those things. And when you sit with yourself, maybe none of that matters. Yeah. Maybe what matters to you is something so much more simple and basic, but it's, it's easier to get caught up in the, the fritters well, that, life. that's where the surprises came to me, actually. And for um, me, too, because yeah. I used to think I had to fall into that timeline and tick those boxes in that order. And my life has not been that way at all. But I'm at the place now where I'm really good with it. And I like it because what matters to me is what matters to me. And I I'm happy 
because I'm connected with what matters to me and not what other people say should matter to me. And I think what, what, what is so beautiful about what you said, Michelle, is what really connected with me as well during this, this time period was that I noticed how little time I was spending on what really mattered. Like right. I looked at my life and I wondered why I was, I was so tired or, or my energy. Of course, I'm a morning person, so my energy is always up in the morning and am I doing where my energy is the highest and where my desires are really up? Am I doing the things that matter most to me where my energy is really good and feeling good or the things that matter most to me? Am I waiting until five or six or it's seven true. o'clock at night? She is a different, she is a, a morning human. person. So whenever we do human. things, it's gotta be before a certain time because yeah. we know so the I th- barb golden hour. Yes. And so I think that was my surprise. Like, wow, these things really matter to me, but I'm really not placing them in the highest priority of my energy. So it's really, it's always remember, like you're the scientist in a laboratory of your own life. And so everything that you're going to get from this exercise is information and being loving and compassionate because it's really valuable information and having no judgment. And also... Tapping into that too with what matters to you. What what do you value? Right. What do you value? What are your values in this life? And I we talk about values a lot because um I think we we think of values being placed upon us, family values, religious values, societal values. But at the core, our values might be something much different or much simpler. And so when you think about what matters to you in this question number three, think about also what you value. And these two years of the pandemic, too, have shown me that I really value simplicity, um, a slower-paced life. And if I think about what my life was before the pandemic, I was anything but that. So tapping into your values and what matter and asking yourself that question is really interesting because, again, things can come up that you might not have even thought. And you might be surprised. You might surprise yourself. And then number four is what impact do I want to make in this world or in my life or in my community? What impact do I wish to have? Yeah. And I, I like this last one. Because the first three are obviously so inwardly focused of of me, the person, and my wants and desires and my core values. And this last question is so interesting because it's like, what do, what do I want me to look like in the world? How do I want me to interact with the world? World being my community or the people around me. Obviously, I'm not with eight, nine billion people all the time, but... How do I show up in the world? Yeah. What's the energy I bring to life and to the people and to my projects? And this one is important because we all know life is difficult. We're in a really difficult moment in time with so many conflicts at play. Um and just thinking about how you singularly wish to impact that I think is, is really powerful and important, especially right now. And it's not your purpose or it's not any of those kinds of things. It's truly what you're saying, Michelle, just like how do, how do I just, what impact or what, I 
use this word legacy, but what legacy or I, I remember when I first did this, I was thinking um, like probably three or four months in as I was doing this every day, I was at one point it came up for me like if after I'm gone, they're having a party for me, what are some of the ways that you want to have left your your mark or your your heart or your um, your feelings in the world or what are some things that people might remember about you or what I think impact is the right word. And so figure sorting out what that means for you, but it isn't necessarily tied to a purpose. And I want to do all these things. It's not at all. It's more tied to that inner feeling of how do I want to, how do I want to show up? You said it beautifully, Michelle, how do I want to show up in life? Well, and what's interesting too, is I think the mind will scream the purpose, the tangible. I want to create a multi-million dollar company or I want to be famous or I want to whatever, that external thing. And I think for me too, I used to think I want to build something fabulous in my work or whatever. But the silent whisper is is none of that for me. I, it's, it's more, I want people to remember me as being kind or authentic, you know, those, those words that we talked about at the beginning, you said, I am kindness. Um, that, that other external stuff doesn't matter to me as much. Of course I want to, to create and feel fulfilled when my time is done here, but it all matters. What impact do I want to have? I want to bring an energy that's kind and compassionate and caring and funny and lighthearted and helpful and meaningful and purposeful and everything else that comes along with that comes along with that. But that's the impact. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. And so, of course, those are the four questions. Who am I? What do I really, really, really want? What matters to me and what do I value? And what impact do I want in this world? And so thinking about those answers right now, today, but knowing that it's going to change. We've done this, We've you and I have done this exercise together with our work. I've done it personally within myself. You've done it personally. We've done it for years and years and years and years. And I know that those answers have have. You get deeper. Shifted. You get deeper into the listening and the whispers. Yeah. And so using, again, like I like your knowledge, your words of using these answers as information on your journey, but not holding them too tightly. Yeah. Taking, your, taking the life that you're living seriously, but not taking yourself so seriously and really being lighthearted, but being passionate and caring. I mean, I think that's, it's, we're always walking that that middle path, that I, that idea that I don't want to, I don't want the strings of my guitar guitar to be too tight. And I don't want the strings to be too loose. I can't play a guitar. If the strings are too tight, I can't play a guitar. If the strings are too loose. So how do I find that, that balance of being accepting and curious and open to what, what is happening inside of me and what my heart might be saying to me, but also be mindful of the information that I'm given uh, time after time after time. Right. In every given moment. So, and, as, and I think it's, I just was going to say, sorry, I was just going to say also, like looking at yourself in the mirror every day too. I was going to say this one thing that I do every day and it took me, it took me forever to even get up the courage to do this. Um, look at yourself in the mirror every day. The first thing after you get out of bed, 
um, just walk, when you go into your bathroom, look in the mirror and just say, I love you. Look into your eyes and meet that person that's standing there in the mirror. Um, it starts to, it starts to melt the hardness that you might have of, oh my gosh, how could I even say that to myself? Maybe the silliness or the awkwardness or whatever it is that you might be feeling about how to cultivate this relationship and this deep friendship with yourself. I remember I went on a retreat with Louise Hay years ago and she gave us all little compact mirrors and had us sit and look at the mirror and tell ourselves, I love myself, I love you, all of those things. And that was the hardest part of the entire retreat because people really struggle with that. Yeah. And it becomes a little bit more palatable and easier if you think about yourself as meeting yourself. Like I want to meet you. I wanted to meet the Barb that I am. I wanted to meet myself. And which, being your own cheerleader. Yes. You know, t- talking to yourself like you would a dear friend, like you, like a loved one or even like your pet. <laughs> I'm the nicest to my cat. Yes. So... <laughs> Yeah, so really just cultivating. We all we all have people that we are in love with and that we deeply care and admire and treat with the utmost respect and kindness. Start um just start thinking about that that you are that person as well and start meeting that person as well. So I think I would like to close my part of it with just saying um you know just like my hope for all of you out there listening is that that may you awaken um, like you awaken to the dance. I've been thinking about this a lot over the past several years, especially during this pandemic. Like may you awaken to the dance of the life within you, of life within you, and just really see how spectacular you are. Mm. That would She's be my deep. deepest desire for everyone. Awaken to that dance of life within you and start to really see and feel how spectacular and how magnificent you are. I love you all so much. When I love we, you so much, Michelle. I love you. When we were talking about creating this podcast, it was out of the vein of wanting people to feel like they were sitting in on a conversation that you and I would have, to have about our own lives. And I feel like this episode is kind of the epitome because what you just said is is so much of like what you would say to me mm-hmm. personally in in any moment in time. And so I'm so glad that all of you listening now get to experience that because that's this is the the barb who knows best so thank you for that oh my gosh i'll go write it on your mirror today too which and is write things on your mirror too. she yeah, writes write things on, on your my mirror, mirror and write it's it a beautiful practice to get into so thank you for all of that and i'm excited for everyone to hopefully dive into this and really get to meet the people who are living all of these fabulous wonderful lives it's my real honor and pleasure to be here. Likewise. It. I love it. And thank you all of you for listening and being with us again in this episode. We really do love being with you week in and week out. And we're grateful for all of the love and support and messages. And, you know, we couldn't do all of this without you all. So please... Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google. If you haven't already, we would love a review if you have one. A five-star rating really, really helps us out. So please make sure to do that if you haven't already. 
And of course, make sure you're following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, and at Barb Knows Best Pod. You can connect with us there. Give us some requests for podcast topics, whatever's going on for you. We love to hear from you there. So make sure you're connected with us and connect with you. <laughs> connect with yourself. And we will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much. Because as we know, Barb knows best. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.